This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Good afternoon. I'm Preeti Subramanian, Director of Vision Science Programs at Bright Focus Foundation. Welcome to this month's chat. Today's topic is occupational therapy for low vision, what you need to know. Let me take a moment to tell you about Bright Focus and what we do. Bright Focus Foundation funds some of the top researchers in the world. We support scientists that are trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news and developments from these scientists with families who are impacted by these diseases. We have a number of free publications and plenty of materials on our website, www.brightfocus.org, that offers tips for living with diseases such as macular degeneration. Today's Bright Focus chat is another way for sharing this information. Once a month, we have the opportunity to spend 30 to 40 minutes with leading experts on vision disease and eye health. And we are very fortunate to have Dr. Alison Bridges-German with us today. With that, let me introduce you to our new guest today, Dr. Alison Bridges-German. She is a registered licensed occupational therapist and is also a clinical assistant professor at Towson University. She has been practicing for over 20 years, treating adults in various settings like shock trauma, hospitals, rehab, homes in the community with all types of diagnosis. But her expertise and passion lies with fall prevention, aging in place, and age-friendly communities. Allison, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Bright Focus Chat. Thanks so much, Pretty. Thanks so much for having me. So I would like to start with a very basic question. What is an occupational therapist, and what is their role in working with people who have low vision? What can you say about your profession that will let people know what they should expect to gain from your services? I get that question a lot. I get, you know, what is an OT? Does it mean overtime? It is not overtime. I don't help people get jobs. Um, OTs are holistic functional problem solvers. We help people um, who have experienced any kind of injury and illness, some sort of alteration in their baseline of functioning um, to maximize their independence and daily routines and roles, what we call activities of daily living or ADLs. Um, as experts in activity analysis and environmental modifications, um, OT practitioners, we take a holistic approach. We look at the whole person and we determine how vision impairment has limited or even impacted people's ability to complete specific tasks, um, how they navigate their environment, and then we modify that task or their environment to minimize or even remove those limitations with the person's input. We really like to keep things what we call client-centered. We, want, we don't just want to make the decisions for people. We want people to make the decisions with us. So factors that inhibit participation in activities, safety, independence, they're all evaluated by the OT, and then they're followed by recommendations for possible equipment or, again, those modifications to improve or increase independence. Specifically, low-vision OTs go through additional training and certification 
and provide services to teach exercises and techniques like eccentric viewing, visual tracking, visual scanning. Well, thank you for that. So it seems as though many people don't know how to start this journey. So how do you realize that um, you need to take this step and reach out to an OT? Is, uh, does one look for cues in change in vision sharpness, vision field? How does one get started and how, do, how does one go about finding an OT? A lot of times people will begin bumping into things where people know their environment very well, especially in their homes. I can't tell you how to navigate your home. You're going to be able to tell me how you navigate your home. And when you start bumping into things in your own home, that's a big, that's a big red flag. Um, if you are missing things on your, on your plate, if suddenly you've missed an entire side of your plate and you look over and you, you, know, you think that you've done your meal and you look around and you realize that you haven't finished everything, that's another red flag. So if you feel that way um, and these red flags are popping up, occupational therapy practitioners can help with just a variety of tips and provide skilled services to specific individuals with those kinds of needs. It's not a cookie cutter practice. It's very individualized. So if you're interested in beginning that process, you would go to your primary care provider or your optometrist or your ophthalmologist for a recommendation for a low vision OT prescription. And um, a lot of times we're available through most hospitals, outpatient um, facilities, clinics, private practices. So it really does sometimes depend on your health insurance coverage, which usually they do include low vision OT. And I can yeah. tell you that with just to, to go a little bit further into that, I know that Medicaid services are state by state for OT coverage. Um, Medicare has extended coverage for low vision rehab, but I know for sure that Medicare requires a referral from an, op from an optometrist or a physician. Thank you for that. So do OT also do home visits for um, assessment? As you mentioned that these are case by case basis to observe some of the specific challenges that someone might be facing and um, to teach technique and make recommendations for specific equipment and changes. It's one of my favorite things to do. Home safety evaluations is definitely in our wheelhouse. We can come into your home and help you problem solve and figure out what is um, bothering you the most, what are you having the most challenge with. Um, we might help you even figure out something that you may not have thought was such a problem and realize that, wow, that, that really is a problem, or, oh, I didn't think of that. So we absolutely can come into the home and help you with, this, with a home safety evaluation and um, figure out and find solutions to problems. Great. And uh, you mentioned about insurance coverage, and we had a question um, from the audience uh, about which doctor has to request the OT prescription? Uh, does it have to be the ophthalmologist, low vision doctor, or a retina specialist? 
Yeah, your, your primary care provider, whoever that may be, if it is a physician, um, a nurse practitioner, whoever is, is your PCP, can absolutely um, prescribe, write a prescription for OT, for low vision OT assessment. Um, your optometrist or your ophthalmologist can, can write the, that script also. So one of your areas of expertise is um, fall prevention. And as we all age, and especially for people with low vision, falls become a concern. So what are some of the areas around the home that people uh, particularly are at risk for a fall? And uh, what are some of the um, steps they can take to address those uh, safety concerns broadly? Oh, Preeti, I have so many. I could probably go on for several hours. Um, <laughs> it's probably no surprise that the bathroom <laughs> That's, that's a whole other segment. <laughs> it's probably okay. no surprise that the bathroom is the number one place for falls. Kitchen and steps come next. Um, mm -hmm. Even just small adjustments can make a huge difference. And as much as I love high tech, low tech is just as good to me. Um, when I go in and I do a home safety evaluation, I don't like to tell anybody how to decorate their home. I'm there to give you some education and provide you with information, and then you can make your decisions based on that information. So throw rugs, area rugs, things of that nature, the rugs with you know, beautiful Persian rugs with the tassels are huge safety concerns or huge fall risks. I'm not going to tell you to pick them up and, and put them in storage. They are fall risks. That is up to you whether you want to take them up and, you know, leave a wall-to-wall -wall carpet with very small um, um, carpeting, you know, with minimal, um, um, you know, like with a rug that doesn't have a whole lot of plinth in it. Or if you want to leave a hardwood floor with, no wax and no shine with uh, a non-skid texture on it. That's going to be completely up to you and how you decorate your house. I will give you the tips of what you can do. With that, um, there's, there's all kinds of, of lighting with, um, with low vision. Usually a 60 to 100 watt bulb is, is really good. But also, depending on your visual impairment, might be a tone. So sometimes yellow is better for certain impairments, whereas a soft white might be. So you might want to play around with different tones to see what helps you see better. Um, voice commands in different rooms for um, lights are great, even motion sensors, whether it's inside or outside, to um, just pick up on, uh, on the motion to, to light a room. There's tons of talk, you know, with smart homes and having that. I don't have that kind of money. I don't make that kind of money for a smart home, but some people do. And, that's, and that can be a really great um, solution for so many people. I've been in homes around the, the Baltimore County area who are just jam-packed with an entire house that is voice commanded and set up for a visually impaired person who is, he's actually um, 13 and mm -hmm. it is completely set up for him with contrast, um, light touch cupboards, things of that nature where they, um, where you just have to touch it 
then it pops out and then touch it to go back in. So those things can really help out. In bathrooms, anything that's non-skid, that's a big thing, especially for fall prevention and reducing the risk for falls. If you do have a bath mat that's on the outside of the tub, just make sure that it's non-skid. In the tub, you want to make sure that this, the grab bars are very sturdy, that they're um, wall-mounted, that they're in a stud. The tread on the tub surface or the shower surface is a non-skid surface or, or texture, textile. Railings are very big. Anything that's, um, that's a big pathway, stairs need to be well-lit, good railings, good sturdy railings. Those are great for uh, reducing your fall risk. So can you um, give us a few tips about um, navigating in the kitchen with mm -hmm. safety? Sure. So I love, I call them nubbies. They're little raised dots and just little textures. Um, and you can get them anywhere. You can get them at um, Michael's or Joann's, any kind of like little fabric store or arts and crafts store. Um, you can even get them at Home Depot, and it's just a raised dot with a sticker on the back. And a lot of them come in, and it, it, a lot of them come in like different bright colors, like yellows and hot pink and green. So whatever you see best, um, you can you can purchase that. So it doesn't only provide the visual aspect; it provides the the tactile um, input as well. So I like to put those on stoves, especially at the medium point. So you know which way to go from there. You know where medium is, so you can go high or low from there. I like using those on microwaves, so wherever uh, stop and start. So I usually put it on one or the other, either a stop or a start. I like to have um, people who use a lot of recipes and do a lot of cooking, a large magnifier in one spot so that they can um, see recipe, recipes a little bit better if they can't get access to large print with a light to it also. Any kind of clutter on countertops, just remove that and organize. Organization is a great rule of thumb for the most used items at waist height, less used higher up, and then less used that are a little bit heavier at the bottom. So if you're, if you're organizing your closets, your pantries, um, your countertops, your cupboards, that's usually the general rule of thumb of how you want you want things to be organized. You, those those go-to items right there where it's accessible. If you want to really spruce up your kitchen, you can use brightly colored um, uh, cupboards so that you can see them better. You can even use um, brightly colored dishware so you can see the differences between the plates and the bowls, even spoons or forks and knives. Um, those are great ways to, to see the differences. I like to give contrast on cutting boards too, um, a black side and a white side. So no matter what side or what you're cutting, you can see a difference. Um, and then also one thing with the heavier items, I just want to make sure that people are using good body mechanics. Lift with your knees, not your back. Yeah. So you mentioned about lighting and contrast. And it seems that a lot of um, AMD patients have um, uh, have a problem with contrast sensitivity. So, um, 
what tips would you give? Um, and this would be particularly um, maybe when using cell phones or bright light. Uh, what tips would you give for that? So with that, um, it could be uh, go go more towards textiles rather than mm -hmm. contrast, um, particularly you know for steps or anything like that. Because usually a lot of times at the edge of steps you may see a contrast. So rather than a contrast for color, due to the sensitivity, you may use something that's that's um, a different a different texture. That can work. Um, feeling things that are that you know if you're if you're using like a rubber band to differentiate between different items whether it's between your cleaning items and your canned goods so that you're not mixing the two doing things by weight if you're if you're organizing things by weight that's another way to do it mm -hmm. and you did mention about uh, magnifiers um, is there any particular uh, type of magnifier uh, that would be recommended or Usually, uh, for my patients and my experience, what I it depends on the level of visual impairment, whether I'm using mm -hmm. a five times, a ten times, and I like the ones with a bit more of a bright light that's round. Mm -hmm. Those have worked for for a lot of my patients very nicely. One with a clip. Um, not just one that goes over top, not the, one that's not flat and f that sits flush against anything. Um, you'll see a lot of magnifiers that sit on top of something and magnify it. I have found those not to be so helpful, but something that has maybe a gooseneck and a, and a clip so that it's a little bit more adjustable for somebody. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. And... So in terms of using technology, computers and smartphones or tablets, are there um, specific apps that would be helpful for people with low vision? So with the apps, I am not familiar with many apps, but I know that with the voice commands, there's lots of pillboxes, there's security systems, the personal emergency systems, um, the lights that are readily available through, you know, pharmacies and um, um, the pharma equips that, that have the carry equipment that absolutely can help. Your low vision OT will be able to help you with those absolutely. And in the, in the beginning, uh, you mentioned about exercises, um, specific for uh, low vision. Could you elaborate on that? Sure. So when um, a low vision OT um, sees you, there are, there are specific techniques and exercises that they'll go through, not only once they do their assessment, but once they start treatment, they can come into your house, which is one thing that we've talked about, but they also might do some treatment with you. They, they may do it in their home, they might do it in a clinic, they might do it in private practice. So there may be some exercises, there might be some, some things that they might go through with you so that you practice, um, and it's more visual exercises that they, that they may do with you.
So, um, and I'm going to see if we can take any questions here. Um, so how about if somebody, you touched upon um, magnifying glasses for reading, but is there any suggestion for overall lighting of the house? Um, is it uh, needed to be consistent lighting throughout the house? For yeah, that's a great better? question. Absolutely, yeah, uniform lighting is very important so that you're not creating shadows or dark spaces. Um, that can be very disorienting and, and, and alarming. Um, so you want to use something that's uniform throughout the house. So once you, you find that tone that's right for you and the wattage that's right for you, you want to use that throughout the house. Um, also, you want to be mindful of any kind of mirror placement. So you have to be a little feng shui with this um, because you don't want to create any kind of glare or reflection and, ref and light refraction um, that, can, that can jar people. That's great. Thanks for those uh, suggestions. So um, thank me. Um, so is there any other, um, any other big picture advice that um, you would like to give um, something that you've wished that all the patients and the families uh, knew about? I think big picture is, is to just keep getting your, your, your visual health checked. Um, stay, up, stay up to date with that. If you do find that things are um, decreasing or they're not certainly not improving in any way or they are um, getting worse, you definitely want to talk to your doctor or your ophthalmologist or your optometrist about that. And if you haven't seen a low vision OT, it might be time to, um, to experience that and see what your, your low vision OT can do for you. Because you certainly and don't want to have a fall. And uh, is it possible for someone to have a combined uh, a physical therapy and an OT visit? Is that um, something that's typically done? Yes, yes. So they can be in, in conjunction with each other and, and at the same time. So you may be seeing um, a physical therapist. Maybe you just had back surgery or you just had a knee replacement or maybe, you know, you're just seeing a PT for whatever reason. Um, it's not unheard of to, to go see an OT for a completely different reason, or you may be seeing OT as well as um, PT for the same reason. So if you are seeing them at the same time for two different ailments, that's, that's usually not a problem. You just want to check with your insurance coverage. So um, this is another question that I see here. Can you repeat about the hardwood floors and the matte finish? Mm, yes. So with hardwood floors, you want to avoid any kind of waxing because it just creates that slippery surface. Um, if you do have hardwood floors, you want to make sure that you're wearing non-skid, either socks or um, a rubber sole that, so that you're not sliding on that floor. You don't want to create a glare also, which wax tends to do. So there are products that um, 
can create even a non-skid finish without ruining your, your nice hardwood floors also um, that are that are available. I probably through like um, I know I've seen some at Target. I've seen some at Home Depot even um, that can that can provide that finish. Um, but you definitely want to avoid that that nice pretty wax that makes them shine so brightly, which can be just disastrous. Yeah, yeah definitely. Thank you very much for clarifying that again. Sure. Uh, yeah. And um, to close out the chat, Dr. Bridges, thank you so much for all the wonderful tips and suggestions and the discussion today. And I'm sure uh, that all the tips that you shared uh, will help uh, clear next steps for our listeners to take better steps to manage um, and navigate safely at their homes. And so before we conclude, if there are any final remarks that you would like to make, Dr. Bridges, to our audience. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. I, I really appreciate it. If there are any, any questions, I would love to answer them. Um, if I can answer them in another, um, like Preeti said, I can answer them later. Um, and if there's anything that you need me to clarify, I certainly can. Um, just please be safe and, and stay well. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that concludes today's Bright Focus chat. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.